Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us this day together. I pray that the Holy Spirit comes and enlightens us and enables us to give us your special words you want everybody to hear about how glorious you are. We pray that Todd and I together can um, get some great words of inspiration to hopefully turn someone's heart and bring us all to Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, Father, Son, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. Excited today to have Mary Gretchen Guillot. She is a parishioner at Mary, Mother of the Church, on Gilbo. Ducey. Ducey. Lord have mercy. Ducey. I go to Reds. I should know that. So, uh, yeah, welcome to the show, Mary Gretchen. Thank you, Todd. So, we've known each other a while, and our kids have gone to school together and all, but tell us a little bit about yourself. So, um, as he said, my name is Mary Gretchen. Sometimes you might hear MG. MG. I go by many names, and it's kind of nice because half the time people don't know they're talking to me, and they're talking about me, and it's always good. I listen and think, hmm, should I tell them they're talking, you know? So, um, about myself, um, I was raised in Lafayette until about five, and then my family moved overseas, which was really, really cool because that's part of my journey. That um, I lived in the Middle East wow. until, I don't know if you knew that. I did not. <laughs> until I was basically fifth grade, sixth grade, and came back. And that was why my journey in life kind of, I think, is a little peculiar and different than most of the people around here. Ended up in school at Fatima and um, went on a journey, even that young in life, knowing that things in my world were a little different than most. Where in the Middle East? Ah, interesting. <laughs> Libya. Really? So I grew up um, in a little area of Libya called the Gulf of Sidra on the Mediterranean Sea in a camp called Brega. Wow. And it was right outside of Benghazi. So when they um, went and got um, Gaddafi and all that kind of stuff, yeah. the camp that I was in was the refinery that they were trying to secure and get and that's where my dad's that's world amazing is. Yeah. you didn't wow. know that from Benghazi <laughs> to Fatima um, wow not not the road less traveled I've known you from a distance a little bit and always known you've had a, a very deep faith and I know you lead Bible study and you're involved with the Aquinas Institute that you got a lot going uh, but where does all that faith come from you know so um back to my world as a child i walked it that most people don't know that libya is where simon of cyrene who carries jesus's cross is from wow and so as a young girl my dad made sure even growing up and i think that's where my my faith is rooted even growing up in the middle east we truly attended house churches that no matter where we were in a, a muslim world my dad found a church, and half the time it was either in a school cafeteria or a classroom or literally in someone's house where we would go to Mass, and it wasn't always on a Sunday, but we, my, my father and my mother made sure that number one in our world was Mass. That's Sunday, amazing. Daily, weekly Mass. And your dad was from Lafayette also? Kind of. So mm -hmm. mom and dad were original Thibodeau people, but my dad's youth was in Broussard, so he is buried, and his p people were at Sacred Heart and Broussard. Okay, all yeah. right. And, um, yeah. So, MG, like, where did his faith come from? Like, uh, I mean, um, something obviously touched him when he was young. That's a good question. <laughs> I don't 
I don't Did you know. know his parents? I knew his, it's not small amount. I knew his mom. Yeah. I can't say that they were that faithful. I think my dad, that's a great question, Todd. Never thought to ask him. I wonder if he him. was a cursiesta. A lot of the guys that come on in, in South Louisiana, you know, made Cursia and that, and you don't really even know it sometimes, but I know that that's a... a I big. know he, I don't think he did Cursia, but I know he was faithful to the Jesuit Center in Grand Coteau. Ah, okay. Yeah, so Another he would holy, go... Some more holy ground there. Yeah, yeah. He just had a natural faith and it was just innate it was in him i love it yeah so we were sharing on the way stories of the holy land and you got to go with jeff cavins you know and i know uh jeff cavins name uh, i don't know a lot about him but i'd like you to share with me what your connection is with him and, and your trip super so jeff cavins is a guy who started and developed what's called the great bible adventure so quick overview of him um he was catholic left the faith because he couldn't find that inspiration or the word or the understanding how is this fitting in my world and then through the years he came, became a revert and created the great bible adventure where it helps catholics to understand that the bible is a story and that there are, there are narrative scripts and then supplemental scripts that fit in with all the books and it teaches you to read the bible in the line of a story and then once you get past the whole of the first program called the Great Bible Timeline the, um, with the Bible Adventure, you can then take other books that fit in and you learn how all the books in the Bible fit in together in a nice little picture puzzle and it makes sense after you learn the whole thing. I love that because, you know, a lot of our listeners, we've talked a little bit and some of the other guests have spoken about Father Mike Schmidt and he's got a, a deal. But people want to always want to know the question, yeah, where do you start? Yeah. Where do you start? Well, with this program that I facilitate at St. Mary, which I've been doing, gosh, I don't want to admit how many years, because when <laughs> I thought about it, it's much more than I realized, for over 10 years. Um, we always start with, the first, the Bible timeline, and it sets the foundation on how to read the Bible. You start from Genesis, you run all the way through it, and you read all the books to see how to read the Bible. It brings you very easily across. It's a 24-week yeah. study that I will be starting again in August. Okay, and how go. would someone enjoy that? Uh, get in touch with St. Mary's. They have my number, and I'm very easy. You just show up. I don't. Uh -huh. I do everything else for you. You don't. If you don't even want to read the Bible as you do in this program, but I know you will because everybody's touched once they get started. That's awesome. Um, so you know, um, obviously, again, uh, the Lord has touched you in a deep way, and I know that you you got your master's in theology, and you know, my daughter just did that. I paid for all that, and uh, <laughs> so I feel like I got mine too. And, uh, but tell me about that and, and what you've learned uh, uh, through your master's degree. Wow. Well, okay. That was a journey in itself. I think that was by the grace of the Holy Spirit I got involved with it in the first place. Um, I found out about it within the course of a two-week period that I found out I had to get enrolled and registered and go to the first introductory class um, by an, an open house at Fatima with my son's teacher, Miss Olson, Carol Olson. So she mentioned it and I was like, oh my gosh, I have no clue what it was about his school year that year. I, that completely flipped my brain when I heard about this program, this master's program. So after she went and said, okay, if you're serious, you got to get this done in two weeks. And within the two week period, I was accepted on probation because obviously not everything could be sent to Loyola. It's through Loyola, the Jesuits. And so um, within the course of the first um, program, I was accepted completely and no longer on a probationary status. All of my paperwork was turned in and approved and done, and I was on my way studying. 
So with my program, um, being a Jesuit program on Ignatian spirituality, it's more reflective. It's not just the Bible verse. You have to learn to walk it and live it. Mm. And five-year program took a lot of time. And through it, my, um, my mom also became a part of my journey because luckily we were allowed to get editors because I do not edit papers. So my mother became my editor who, <laughs> in her world, she was not allowed to read the Bible. Wow. Old people didn't read the Bible. You know, that was back in those days, the older generation didn't read the Bible. Yeah. She didn't know. So um, she started with everything. I had to sit with her with every paper as I'd edit it because half the time she didn't understand what I was writing. She just was editing the grammar. And so at the end of the program, what was really, really cool when I graduated, um, I gave her her first official Bible as a gift for getting Aww. me through, which was really, really cool. And that's when I started even more knowing part of my world was to teach this word of Jesus Christ and God to everybody. And it's a gift that my church allows me to do this to this day. And that's beautiful. Was was the master's program what you thought it was going to be? Was it different? It was actually better. I love it. In the sense of, I had a questioning, and I still have a questioning faith. I'm very envious of those people who have just blind faith. I don't have it. My faith is questioning constantly, and why, and why, and why. So when you get into the Jesuit world, that's a good thing. Yeah. We're allowed to question. We're allowed to ask. We're allowed to wonder. And it made me realize that our Catholic world is huge. If you want to get a part of that world, all you have to do is open that door somewhere, and there's something out there for everybody. And it, through the whole of the five-year program, it actually deepened my faith further than I ever dreamed I'd go. That's awesome. You know, I like to ask our guest, um, being good Cajun Catholics, you know, and you've traveled, I'm sure, a bunch in your life, you know, how have you brought that Cajun Catholic faith around when you when you have traveled or you know uh, you don't have an accent you know, you know so I wonder if the people <laughs> think of you as a Cajun Catholic um no, no <laughs> I guess not would no. you consider yourself a Cajun Catholic oh for sure a Cajun yeah, Catholic yeah. oh born and raised down well not yeah. raised completely but down here this is my roots this is my people I think the one thing Cajun Catholics have we talk to everybody. <laughs> Anybody and everybody is our best friend, our family, our neighbor. And if we could figure out how to cook for you and sit you down at table, <laughs> we're going to do that too. That's beautiful. So uh, you like to cook? Love to cook. What's Love your favorite Cajun dish? Oh, I make a, a, I make a mean uh, roast and rice and gravy. Ooh. Good old rump roast. Good old rump Just roast. on that, you know, this isn't the Food Network, but <laughs> but I learned recently my daughter Jessica, um, and she didn't get this in her master's program, but she's cooking like a pork roast in like a rice cooker. I don't know if you've ever like a pressure mm. cooker. It's so good. Yeah. It's like you cook it slow. I'm impressed. Never did that. So I just want to remind our listeners, you're listening to Cajun Catholics, and today's guest is Mary Gretchen Guiat, and um, she's uh, a, a lifelong, uh, I would say, um, resident of Lafayette, although she spent some time in the Middle East, we hear, uh, but but involved in a lot of things and has a super deep faith, and it's beautiful, and you can see the joy in her in her uh, eyes when I, when I look at her here. She loves the Lord. Uh, tell us how you got involved with some of the other things you're doing, and, and, and like the Aquinas Institute, that's something that you're doing on the side a little bit? Or, so I right? sit just kind of on um, a board of overseeing and questioning. They'll mm -hmm. call. Luckily, uh, Chris DeBio is a great friend yep. of mine. 
And so um, I think she might have been on here before. Yes. Yeah, yeah, love Krista, love Krista. Um, and how our journeys commingled again is an interesting story in our world. Um, so she called one day and just asked if I would be able to sit and uh, just kind of help them brainstorm. So I don't do too much, which is, you know, a good thing. I help them brainstorm programs they might be interested in. How can they bring people into the center and have, take, you know, promote the classes and kind of get all that kind of done. I work on the backside a little bit. All right. Yeah. Tell, tell me about the Sister Dolce connection. Um, Sister Dolce. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> She's got, got so much we, going. We got, I could have, <laughs> that's a whole nother 15 now. Uh, you know, no, oh my God. Let's go. Okay. Okay. So Sister Dolce, in- interesting. I ended up with a participant in one of my Bible studies who she and I were in high school together. So Angela Cortez mm-hmm. um, and her mom, Miss Liz, love him to death. So they knew I did Bible studies. And this particular year that I met Sister Dolce, Miss um, Liz could not host them easily because they were in the middle of redoing their store and their building. And that's where Sister would usually go. So... Um, out of the blue, I got a phone call that said, Miss Liz said, Mary Gretchen, you know, if you don't mind, um, I was trying my hardest to tell Sister Dulcie we're going to have to not do in Lafayette this particular year for their Christmas gift village and all that, however they call it. The, um, I think it's the shepherd shop or the gift okay. shepherds, something like that. Um, and I kept telling her, Sister Dulcie, you know, no, I just can't. And she wouldn't take no for an answer. <sighs> and she said, Liz, you're going to know who to call that will be able to help you out and where this will happen. So she called really just seeing if I knew of someone who could help. And I said, well, I guess I'm here. What do you need me to do? And I opened my house to the program and they came and had a a Christmas shop there and I learned about their program. And through Jeff Cavins again, he is very close with them. And so I love when he goes to her, the Mercedarian Center in Baton Rouge, and Uh I go and listen to his talks that he gives during the seasons. He's been there a few times that he's really close with him. And tell our listeners about sister Dolce what what is it uh what's her what's her thing so oh gosh that's a whole nother story (laughs) so I will say she um through God she will tell you she is not the healer okay Mary Gretchen tell me um I know you lost your sister and and you don't have to talk about that as much as as you want to or not but uh, I know it's part of your spiritual journey that is definitely part of my journey so wow I you know Todd I'm amazed at your brain like uh, (laughs) think of all these things wow that's the Holy Spirit oh wow okay so my sister Dayan a gift in fact that meets us back to Chris DeBio so my, de- my sister was a labor and delivery nurse in Lafayette, probably birthed a lot of the ladies' babies who are listening out there right now. And she absolutely loved it. And uh, she was kind of Krista Bio's mentor. Oh, so, yeah. So through the years, Krista and I have known each other way back to from young girls. And I didn't know Krista was actually on her own personal journey when she was going back to school. I'm going to sideline a little bit. And... Um, she was looking for someone to brainstorm when she was working on her own personal master's work. Well, my priest, Father Trahan, at the time, gave a parishioner's number. And so he says, call this parishioner, that she'll help you out. So she calls one day, not realizing she was going to be talking to me. Hmm. And back to names, I have too many names. She calls me Missy. Hmm. So out of the blue, she said, and I recognized her voice right away. She said, Missy is this you? I said, yep, Krista, that's who it is. And so she didn't know I had been on a journey in my master's. So from that point forward, Krista and I try to meet very often. And that goes back to the, um, Augustine Institute, um, 
Augustine. Aquinas. Aquinas. Thank you. See, Augustine is with uh, with Jeff Cavins and all. Right, I get him right. backwards all the time. Okay, so. Um, Aquinas Institute, that's my connection with Krista there, is we realized that we were on our, each other's journey. So anyway, let's get back to my sister. Uh, interesting, breast cancer, it's not a fun thing mm. in our world. So my sister um, was diagnosed at uh, 36 after she had journeyed with her own son who had cancer as well. Oh. So my little nephew had cancer, and then my sister gets diagnosed after. And along her journey, she has a... Um, a a, a reoccurrence that was not pretty and I became her bone marrow donor wow. so went to MD Anderson and went through a bone marrow transplant through peripheral stem cell replacement with her and what's fascinating is um, her biological system after the donation becomes me Your, her blood type becomes me her bone marrow becomes mine you know all that kind of stuff I learned along the way so um, through the course of all of that, unfortunately, she passed away mm-hmm. about 18 months after. And when you donate your, your, your body, literally, to someone, in a way, you pass with them. Mm-hmm. There's a small part of me that felt like I had passed. And I, I wasn't quite sure how to handle it. And I went through a very personal um, journey. Where does this go? I had to make sure life made sense after and the eternity of death. Because if I couldn't find a purpose behind eternity, I was getting too confused. Mm-hmm. And that's really where my, my, my biggest journey began is after my sister's passing. And then about three or four years later, I can't remember in the track of time, her husband was killed and my journey took off. Because mm. I had to know through family members personally that we one day will be greeted in the heavens by our family. And it, it made my life more meaningful to know that the eternity is for, is, you know, that sounds silly, but eternity is forever. Mm-hmm. We're just walking this earth for a little moment in time. But I had to make sure, how do I get with my people? Yeah, it's interesting being in having a theology degree and wanting to dig deep into your Catholic faith and knowing the word and what I call a, a textbook Catholic or, or an academic. But then to go through what you went through and then, then it's like you throw the book out the window and your faith is going maybe in a, in a, in a different direction. I don't know if it's different, but... Oh, it definitely... Know, right? I yeah. Mean, so one of the things that... Um I have a few priests in my world that really gave me inspiration. So the one who really gave me inspiration to begin this journey through all this family trauma was uh, Father Roby. And one thing he told me one day, and I don't know if he remembers, you know, because he told me a whole lot of stuff, and he'd leave me with questions that I'd have to go find the answers to. But one thing he told me, which is sometimes hard for me because I love the academics behind the Word. I love to read the Word. I love Mm -hmm. to read the Bible and the history. I'm a huge history buff and geography buff and all that kind of stuff. But one day he told me, he said, you have to walk it. You have Mm -hmm. to live it. You can't just read it and dictate it you have to live it and walk it and and mean it and that was a huge part for me so with the study of the word and what I went through I learned you walk it every day 
Yeah, I think about John 1, and I don't know a lot of Bible scripture, and I don't normally quote Bible, but I know it. <laughs> that one, in the beginning was the Word, right? Oh. And so for you, like in your life, it's like in the beginning was the Word, you know, and then it's multiplied into all these other things. You exactly, know? yeah. Um, so how do you reconcile, you know, the, the death of your, your family and your close members with your faith? I mean, can you, have you come to? It took a long time. Yeah. Believe me, it was not an easy thing. You know, I had a lot of questioning and I had a lot of um, wonder why. And I, I can't say that everything has been resolved. I have to have to give it up to the mystery of the, the good Lord above. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, her, her journey and her suffering had to be for a purpose. Not, not quite sure what that purpose is yet. Yeah. I have a big old notebook that when I get to the heavens, I don't think, I don't think uh, good old Peter <laughs> wants to open the gates because I have this huge notebook with a whole lot of questions in it already. And he's going to be like, oh, my God, she's got another page turning with more questions, you know. And I'll say that's one of them. You Do know? you write a diary? Um, I don't have a true diary. I probably should start writing well, it, but I do have a, it's a big journal in my brain. Yeah. I know some <laughs> of our listeners have heard me speak of my mom, Marcel, but she wrote a diary for like every day for 42 years and I got that when she passed away. And I've read a lot of that and it's beautiful. You know, uh, it's something that you should, well, uh, I you tell you, do. so my I'm mother does the you. same. Well, I should, my mother does yeah. the same. So my mother is, um, by degree that journalism and English yeah. and grammar, all that kind of stuff. My mother journals and writes every day to this day. And one thing kind of cool, um, she voracious reader, all mm -hmm. of us love to read. And so when she reads or sees something, she in the margins and see that goes back. I could even get started talking about the margins and the rabbis who write in the margins. We learn about life in the margins. So she will write a little note and she'll date it when that particular passage made her you know, an inspirational yeah. thought, and she writes what it is. So we've, we've never asked to really read them, but one day I, I'm looking forward to reading yeah, my mom's journals. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I, I don't do like me. I read all 42 years in about, like, two months, and that was a bad move. You know, <laughs> I was trying to absorb too much. I'm kind of going back now a little bit. But I, it inspired me to write a diary, and I, I have since she passed. It's been four years now. And so that's interesting. And I got the same little red book diary that she had. My kids give it to me for Christmas every year. Oh, that's cool. So it's kind of neat. My husband diary stuff when we really? go on trips. So go ahead, Big Jerry. Oh, yeah. Todd knows my husband, Jerry. Anyway, <laughs> he will journal our vacation, and we look back, and we just laugh. That because is funny. Because his, his thoughts and ours yeah, are very different. Yeah, from his perspective, that would be really good. <laughs> you should publish those. Oh, you, know? you don't. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Well, let me tell you what's been on my heart and prayer life you know it's this is going to be strange to our listeners maybe because i'm a wild man but um you know god's kind of revealed to me that we have an agenda when we die in heaven maybe a little bit and and i'm wondering like what is my what is going to be my agenda in heaven and and, and i know i don't know they they may preach that they're that's not true that's you know we don't have really an agenda but i don't know you know and i had um deacon ron chauvin on uh last week and um he prayed over me, and one of the things that struck a chord with me was that he said, he revealed to me, he felt like in a supernatural way that, yeah, God has a plan for you when you die, uh, for you specifically, for me, and that, that um, it's something that I would be pleased with, like a, a role that I would like. And I find that, I don't know, what do you think about that? Oh, for sure. Yeah? Oh, I think we all, this this... This is just a touch of where our eternity is. And I do believe, and I think, like you said, with my sister's passing, I don't know mm -hmm. what it is yet, 
but she is guiding us along the way for mm. sure. I have no doubt in my mind. I think we all have a plan in eternity that will, will be revealed one day. And I think we're just going to all be amazed when we think, oh my gosh, that's what I was meant to do. And that's what I was meant to be for. Mm. I think it's going to be an, an amazing thing when, when we are, our eyes are open to what we're really all about. I had a 56th birthday recently and um, someone, my close friend gave me a guardian angel and, you know, got me really, really thinking about that. And, and then Deacon Ron was revealing to me that like, hey, your guardian angels were very involved in your life. And, and, and something that he and my friend that gave it to me said, you should pursue your guardian angel's name. What, what do you think about all that? You don't, we, got, we don't name our angels. And okay. yes, I am all, all about right. the guardian angels. Right. Three, name, three angels named in the Bible. Yeah, you know what they are. Raphael. Raphael. What's he the angel? Okay, we'll go back. Raphael, right. who's the angel of? What's he do? Uh, was that the Annunciation? No, Raphael is healing. Heal. Okay, okay. And you okay. find him in the book of Tobit. All right. All right. I love so, Tobit. What's, to, oh, book of Tobit. Okay, it's what's another favorite. angel? Uh, Gabriel. Gabriel. Now, who he, he you just said it. He's yeah, the Annunciator. He, okay. okay, he nuts. And? Uh, 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 Donatello. (laughs) St. Michael, St. Michael, the archangel, you know, he defends us in battle. So those are the only angels who have names. Nobody, no other angel has a name that I have never actually named quote unquote my angel, but I do have a little, like a little nickname phrase, you know, that kind of stuff. Yes. And I could even get into the angels with you and bring you some stuff that will give you the, the God bumps. We got a couple of minutes. Give me some of them God bumps. Okay. Well, when my sister and our, our stories are crazy, and I know your wife Jill well, and I think she's seen this picture. I have a picture of I think a true angel. Mm-hmm. I'll bring it one day to show you. It's amazing, and it has to do with my sister's journey, which is really cool. But I'll give you something fun fact for our guardian angels, and I'm all about the angels. So fun fact that in Bible study you learn all these kind of gooky fun facts with me because I like all that other stuff. That um, when we go to he- when we go to mass. We are truly entering into the heavens. We are connecting with the angels and the saints and all that kind of good stuff. So in my Bible studies, I tell my people all the time, when you go to Mass, it's the only time your guardian angel could leave your shoulder because he's with his other people. And Mm. he knows you're safe in the heavens. That he can go and I tease, he goes visit with his people and he goes get his energy charge and all that kind of stuff. And I tease, my, my, I tease saying that my poor guardian angel never stops. Because in mass, I'll tell myself and I'll tell my guardian angel, I hate telling you this, but you can't go visit your friends right now. You got to go find my people. And you have to go to my children and my husband. And while I'm in mass, you go and give their guardian angel the energy that they need to get them through what they're going through. And to cover for them a super duper double angel package while I'm in mass. <laughs> so the more you go to mass, the more you can send your angels out to, to protect your people and, and keep them safe along the way. And I truly believe they do. Yeah, I love that. And, um, you know, I'm not on Facebook, but but we do have a Facebook page, uh, Cajun Catholics. And I'm going to ask if you give me that picture, we're going to put it up on our Facebook page so people can see it. After oh, it's an amazing interview. story. Yeah. It's an amazing story. I will. I will. I'll put, right, it, up I I'll put it up there. I love that. I love that. Well, again, just a minute left on the show, MG. It's just been such a blessing to have you here today. And uh, I hope you'll come back with a good guest. I know you know so many people, but um, what's God have? What's what's God telling you today? What do you hear in your prayer life like right now? Oh, gosh, what do I hear right now? I, I, I'm going to be kind of trite and say one thing, Todd. I, I, I thank you so much for giving me the opportunity just to be here. I never dreamed I'd be on a radio station. Mm, me either. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm like, where's this going to lead me next? You know, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. That, um, Maybe you need to write a book. 
I've I've often wondered with my mom to write a book, and go. I already know the name. Yeah. I have a title. Do you want to give it to us, or is that secret? Uh, no, I'll say it has based on my sister. My sister's name was Dayon, and okay. we called her Day. Okay. So we we talk about writing a graced day. I love it. Y'all yeah. can look for that in the bookstores or Amazon real soon. I know MG's <laughs> going to get after it. <laughs> we talk about it often. Yeah, uh, I love yeah, it. Yeah, uh, so. so thank you for being on the show. You've been listening to Mary Gretchen Guiat. She's a, just a wonderful person and a, a soldier for Christ. And we're so blessed to have her as not just a friend, but you know, also a, a fellow lover of, of the Word and, and of Christ and doing so much for our community. Awesome, awesome, Thank you for awesome. being here today. You've been listening to Cajun Catholics. You can catch any of our previous episodes on Apple uh, uh, Podcast or uh, on Spotify. Just search Cajun Catholics. And again, until next time, uh, God bless. Thank you, Mary Jean. Thank you so All much. Right. Bye-bye. Bye.